Scano, Sego, Ani, Bonjour, Kwekwe, Tansi. Good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening in Toronto and Ottawa at 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto at ELMNTFM. And welcome to the show. Welcome for listening. And also, I want to thank you for uh, for listening anywhere across Canada by downloading the Radio Player Canada app and typing in 106.5 or 95.7 ELMNT. I actually play the element on my laptop. That's great. And that is our guest this morning. That voice you just heard is our guest, Kelly Frazier. She is an Inuit singer and songwriter, and you may have heard from heard of her before. She has uh, has a new CD out that came out about a year and a half ago. And uh, she's uh, going to be two years ago. Yeah, congratulations because you've had some success. I know early on you had some success with doing uh, a couple of sort of uh, covers in your in your language, correct? Yes, you I did diamonds. I did covers when I was studying Inuit studies in Ottawa when I was nineteen. I mm. was in my second year, and we were able to make our own projects in our language in Inuktitut class. So I made mine into translating pop covers into Inuktitut because that's what I did with my band, with CCR, uh, The Runaways, Joan Jett. And so, yeah, those got really pop, more popular than the ones uh, that I did, like Proud Mary. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I I became almost an overnight um, star in the Arctic. And uh, I'm really big in Greenland. Whenever I go there, people... <laughs> People recognize me. Um, one time I was uh, outside at night mm. and my friend was smoking. Mm. And he said, if you sing loud enough, because I was just humming and singing. And he was like, if you sing loud enough, someone will probably pop their head out and ask, is that Kelly Fraser? And I, <laughs> and I said, no way. I don't believe you. So I started singing louder. And the people above us on a balcony smoking asked, is that Kelly Fraser? <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> That's too funny. That's great. Well, you know, with the uh, I guess I guess, you know, when we hear about Greenland or something like that, it sounds very exotic and very far away. But I guess you guys in the north are all part of that circumpolar area. Yes. Yes. It's a very sort of a a smaller community than we think. Yes. So there's only about a hundred, a hundred to a hundred 20,000 Inuit all mm. across the world. Mm. There's 60,000 in Canada, mm. and um, in, there's Inuit in uh, Siberia, Russia, uh, in Alaska, northern Canada, and Greenland. And we're, uh, we all seem to have this similar uh, culture, just like First Nations mm. do from, mm-hmm. from uh, BC to uh, PEI and from all the way to the south. Right, just you, you, you have some similar cultural uh, beliefs and and sort of shared uh, things in that way, correct? Yes. Now, um, tell me about when you got started with music. Uh, how old were you? When you, when did you get started in that, and why the interest? So I was ten years old when I started writing poems, mm. and these weren't uh, these weren't fun poems. These were very um, depressed poems. I know that's. So uh, at 10 years old, why would I be writing um, poems that are very depressing? Well, I grew up in Sanikiloak. It's a community in the middle of the Hudson Bay, right near Quebec. Not near none of it at all. It's 
part of Nunavut, but mm. we're like the Hawaii of Nunavut. Mm. And unfortunately, after um, we've gotten assimilated, we've gotten um, colonized, there, the, I felt the after effects of the residential schools, the dog sled slaughters, uh, the TB epidemics where they were sending Inuit down south and some never went home. So growing up, I always, um, I felt everyone's pain. And I think that's um, what all artists feel is they they absorb everyone's feelings. And so I started using an outlet of writing because I loved reading. I was a bookworm when I was 10, read a lot of Harry Potter. Mm. Uh, and so when I was 11, I watched a movie called Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan on the electric guitar, and that really inspired me. Mm. I wanted to be her. I wanted to play the electric guitar. I wanted mm. to be in a rock band. So mm. I ran home all the way from my friend's place, and I told my parents, I said, you guys have jobs. Um, not everyone did in my community. Mm. You guys, I know you both have jobs, so I want you to buy me a guitar and... I want to I want to start a band mm. and they didn't want to just spoil me so they said if you go to uh, guitar lessons every Wednesday with the um high school science teacher mm. Terry Dunford we will give you a guitar if you get good so <laughs> I religiously went to those um lessons I um cut my nails I learned um Michael wrote the boat ashore <laughs> Johnny Cash songs <laughs> I learned some Inuktitut songs, mm. and my first ever gig was for a little elders gathering in my community, and they wanted to hear some music. So I came there. It was my first time ever, and the elders loved it. They're not alive today, a lot of them, so I'm really glad they were my first crowd mm. because they were so gentle, and they loved me, and mm. they loved that I was singing in my language, Inuktitut. Mm. And I bet they... Uh they appreciated that well, you were giving them something as well. Yeah. So. And at age 15, I was asked to be a part of a band, um, to be a bass player. Yeah, so I saw I, that because your videos have you playing bass, not guitar, I see. Yeah. So I played bass for a band till I was like 22. And then I moved to Winnipeg mm. to become famous. I do <laughs> quotation marks because I wasn't sure, but I delved in moved in with my sister, her mm. girlfriend, their kid, um, in a one-bedroom for six months. Mm. Um, it was really hard uh, as a folk singer without a band. So I moved to BC where I studied Indigenous Studies, and the First Nations people there helped me learn about their spirituality with smudging, mm. um, learning about their creator, and that made me question well, what about uh, my people? What did mm. they believe in? Mm. And so thank, thanks to them, I was able to dig deep and I realized, yes, we one of our goddesses is Sedna mm. and Sedna is the sea ah, goddess. Okay. So, so I was trying to write a song about her for the longest time and I realized, well, I'm uh, well, Setna was a young girl. She did not want to get married. Mm. Her father was angry with her, got her to marry a dog, and uh, then she had to give away her four puppies. I, I also gave, a, gave up a child when I was 17 so I could go to college. Mm. So then um, Setna found herself 
um, sinking deep in the sea and her fingers were cut and they turned into sea animals. Mm. And so um, it resulted from trying to be with a raven man, which was an evil shaman. Mm. And so... uh, so yeah, you, the shamans had to comb the animals out of her hair because she couldn't comb them herself. She had seal flippers as hands, and um, and I thought about that. I'm a young girl. What do I do? I'm a young modern Inuk girl. I'm not living in a tent or an igloo just like Sedna did back then. But what would Sedna do today? And um, she liked her hair getting combed by men. She she was very sexual. She had sexual relations with a dog and a raven. Mm. And um, I realized I need to sing as if I'm Sedna herself to make an impact. Because for the longest time, I tried to sing about the story. It wouldn't fit. Right. I, I even wrote it on the guitar in my band when I was like 17. Mm. Um, and nothing would fit until I finally... Um, I finally took this club song my producer had made and decided I'm going to sing as if I'm her and that I want um, people to come and comb my hair. um, And if you want the goods, you got to go down. (laughs) That's that's really interesting that you took that story and adapted it and made it your own, which and that's the name of your album. Yes. And the name of my song, it's a, a it's like a EDM mm. club pop mm-hmm. song, and that's a lot of the music I do today. I'm not so much doing uh, folk music anymore. Yes, and I noticed also that that is a transitional form, uh, a, a time for you as well, because your your earlier folky, more music, it sounds very different from this album. So the production is very different on this album as well. Would you say, yeah? Yes, and my new single, Rebound Girl, is very much... Um, belongs in the club and I'm very happy I got uh, practice with folk rock Mm. um, because it helped me um, make songs it helped me compose Mm -hmm. I'm yeah I'm I'm very thankful for the band that uh, started with me first George Aradena, Charlie Kutlorok and our little tiny 15 year old singer not so tiny anymore. I started when she was five. Mm. Um, uh, Jasmine Niviaksi. You know, that's really interesting because it, it sounds, it's very grounding. I hear a groundingness when you say that to me. There's, that, that music taught you uh, that, that, atta- that earthiness, the groundness of some kind that allowed you to grow out of that and into this, this new stuff that you're doing now. But I also think that... Um, the fact that you took this story, you went back to your your Inuk uh, uh, My heritage yeah. and, and started to look at that from your experience of traveling to B.C. and getting that uh, sense and then going back and finding something. I thought that was interesting. It sounds like we're probably going to be hearing more as you delve into that even further, I'm guessing, as you, you grow and, and uh, move forward. Yes. So as an artist that feels for other people, I actually have um, a song called Where's My Dog for my Mm. Decolonized album that will be coming out in the fall of 2019. Um, In that song, I'm actually singing as if I'm my own grandfather Mm. who 
unfortunately, um, whose dogs were killed by the RCMP yeah. uh, in the name of Canada, so mm-hmm. that we Inuit could not travel anywhere else. We couldn't be nomadic anymore because yeah. they wanted us to stay in one place for terra nullius. So yeah. to make sure Canada stays, yes. uh, is part of the Arctic, yep. things like that. So, yeah. so I sing as if I'm my grandfather in that song, and it's... Um, uh, it kind of, it's kind of a bluesy feel to it. It's mm. like, where's my doll? Mm. Where's my doll? Mm. Where'd you put my dog away? Primerali, now dara, now dara, primeraka. I'm very excited nice. for that song. Sounds great. Can't wait to hear that. Um, and congratulations on your new material coming out. But this isn't the first time that you've you've used uh, music to make a point, right? You used uh, some songs, um, I believe, that that had to do with a vote in in the north in the last couple of years, right? Yes. So there's a song that came out before Setna, the album. It's called "Fight for the Rights." Right. It came out a year before Setna, mm-hmm. and it came out um, on a Friday. Okay, so in Nunavut, we were given a choice to um, to vote whether or not we want to sell municipal land. And the thing is, I understand one day we'll have to sell municipal land in Nunavut, um, but I don't feel like Inuit are at a good place um, economically. Like mm-hmm. we make $20,000 less than non-Inuit in Nunavut. So I felt like... We shouldn't sell land right now. We should sell land maybe someday. Mm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not completely against. Um, uh, I'm not against trying to build things, mm-hmm. but I'm. I'm against rushing into things. Sure. Just like how the treaties were rushed, and so I made a song called "Fight for the Rights," and I directly told Inuit to vote on May nine. So it came out on a Friday. The vote was on a Monday. Mm. Uh, CBC North played it that whole weekend. Mm. And um, people voted on a Monday. And they all voted no, Mm. um, which I told them to do. And in my community, they were the second highest voter turnout rate. Mm. And they were the uh, ones to say no the most. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah, and you should be. I guess you had comments back from people about hearing that song as well. Yeah, um, a lot of people thanked me, and um, but I can't take, I can't take credit for people voting no. Like maybe they would have voted no anyway. But I'm, I feel have a feeling that song might have helped people. Yeah. uh, Do you think though that that what you did? was really just manifest a way of 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 um helping them uh to to have the courage to do something they wanted to do anyway yes i believe we inuit need a push sometimes because we live we it wasn't that long ago my mother was born in a sealskin tent mm. she was living in a time of igloos and sled dogs and eating food fresh from the sea raw and frozen which i like uh, which is food i also like to eat but mm. um but today we we all live in houses we go to schools 
And what I'm pushing for is people to adapt to this new modern world. And I know it's difficult and I know we've gone through a lot, but I just keep trying to push um, to tell people we can do anything. Like I'm from a town of a thousand people on mm. a little island and I was able to go to the Juno's red carpet last year. I mm. was nominated for a Juno. I'm very proud of that. Um, that Sedna was recognized. It was uh -huh. recognized for an Indigenous Music Award for Pop Album of the Year. I was I was able to meet my idol, Buffy mm. St. Marie, who <laughs> won um, that Juno last year. And yeah, so I'm just here to tell everyone of any color, really, that we we humans, we can do anything. Mm. And you just got to set your mind to it. I've set my mind to being a, a famous artist for since I was like uh, eight or something. Mm. Now, um, someone not that close within your community, which I know she was, she's from uh, the other side of, of Hudson's Bay, but uh, Susan Lukak, who, uh, have you have you had the opportunity to meet her? I've uh, met her when I was only 18 years old. She went to my college mm. at Nunavut Sivuniksavut mm. when I was studying Inuit studies, and we were able to play guitar. <laughs> and so we've always known each other that way. She's always been my inspiration, mm. and um, she's all she's always there for me, and I'm very grateful. There's people like Tanya Tagak, mm -hmm. Beatrice Deer, um, Elizabeth Isaac. They're always supporting me, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a, a fairly strong uh, musical community for the size of the community. I I think you have some very strong. Uh, musical artists that have come out of the north. Yes, and uh, the Jerry Cans, mm. they launched Akluk Music, which is a Nunavut label, and I'm very proud of them. And I'm proud of Reed, who just came out with her song, Khaumajapik. And um, the thing is, whenever we bump into each other at festivals uh, in the Arctic or in the south, it's like seeing old friends. We've seen each other for years, and uh in 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 our Inuit world, uh, fellow musicians we're not um, we're not competition to each other. So I'm really proud of that, and I'm proud that whenever we need to, we stand in unity together. Mm. Nicely said. Now tell me about Sedna the cover because the cover when I noticed it, who did the cover for you? So Bjorn Simonsen is a Danish uh, artist. Okay. He is the brother of um he's the brother of Thor Simonsen, my producer, mm. and they both grew up in Nunavut. Mm. Um their mother is from Denmark. They they're all from Denmark. They mm. speak Danish. They're from mm. the Faroese Islands. And I was comfortable with Bjorn doing it because he grew up with that story and mm. um and I'm very proud that there's animals in my hair, um, just like Sedna, the sea <laughs> goddess, and the fact that he put Inuit mm -hmm. tattoos on my face. And the thing is, one one of these days, I will get those mm. tattoos. I just have to earn them. Mm. I have tattoos on my fingers right now, mm. and I'm very proud of them. Mm. Well, uh, that's great. Now, listen... Um, there's there's some other things we need to talk about. You have a, a gig coming up in the next couple of days. Winnipeg, do you want to tell us about that? 
Yes. So I have booked the Palomino, the world famous Palomino Club, and we are. I've invited、um, PJ Vegas, Patrick Vegas,、uh, son of Pat Vegas, to come and perform open for me. And he, we are also filming a music video at the same time as the performance.、Mm. So I'm very. Excited for my upcoming music video, Rebound Girl, and PJ is actually playing、um, my love interest in the music video, <laughs> and I'm actually playing、um, the hypothetical Rebound Girl and myself.、Uh. But in the long run, the song is about me.、Hmm. I was a Rebound Girl. <laughs> so that's this Thursday,、uh, right? The eleventh, is that correct? Yes, Thursday, nine thirty, April eleven. Come over to the PAL if you're in Winnipeg, and yeah, come and jam out, come and dance. Great. Now you also you're going to be back in the Toronto area performing in May. Yes, May seven at the Longboat, and、uh, I will perform at eight. So come on over Tuesday, May seven. And that's part of the、uh, Indigenous Music Awards Week ceremonies, yeah. No, it's、oh. a part of the Canadian、oh. Music Week.、Um, yeah, at the Longboat Hall. Come on over, eight o'clock on Tuesday, May seven.、Right. right. I was thinking of something else and jumped over to the uh, the other uh, title, but it, it, Canadian Music Week. You're absolutely correct. And、uh, listen, you had quite a bit, bit of、uh, hits online with with your videos and things as well. You've got quite a following online. Yes.、Um, I have. The Inuit community to thank because they are my most faithful fans. They、um, they're always subscribed to my YouTube. They're always messaging me on Facebook, and I'm planning on getting an email just for them to email me so I can read、um, what they think, how they feel.、Um, for a long time. Um, I've had to talk to a lot of young people and had to talk them out of stuff like doing harm to themselves、um, in in the Arctic Inuit.、Uh, well, Inuit have the highest suicide rate、mm. in the whole world,、mm. and so I've had to do some work and actually help some young people to, and not only young people but older people too, to to not harm themselves, to not. Commit suicide, and、um, in my music, that's what I also do. And so, yeah, I'm very glad that、um, through music I can save people, especially my own people. So I have a question for you,、um, and I don't know if you can answer this. So you know,、uh, but I'm wondering why do you think that so many youth want to take their lives in the north? And two, what can we do to help? Well, the first for the first question,、um, there's a lot of things that make people want to commit suicide in the Arctic. First of all, you have to take in the fact that we have been colonized、um, violently. So, when my mother went to residential school, she was abused in every humanly way possible. And then when when you become An adult after not having a childhood, it's pretty hard to give your children a normal childhood. So, so, so it's the intergenerational trauma again that's、uh, the issue.、Okay. It's the intergenerational、mm-hmm. trauma, and it's the fact that 
Canada still does not give Inuit what they need in terms of food. They mm. don't give us enough in terms of educational services mm. or even mental health mm. or health services. Mm. And so once once we, we are able to voice this all together, for example, um, Nutrition North, uh, it's a subsidy that gives $20 million a year to the stores in the Arctic mm. uh, in Canada so that we can afford food. Unfortunately, there's no transparency between the stores towards the government to prove that they're using the $20 million. So To subsidize the, 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 the food, is it? Yes, and mm. um, I think if the government were just to give out that money or buy yeah. the food, $20 million worth of food and uh, give it out to everybody, everybody would be eating. But we have 70% of kindergartners going to uh, school hungry that haven't eat, that won't eat two meals a day. So when once you don't have food, you, you can't learn. You can't learn yeah, and you, focus, you yeah. don't feel good about no. yourself. No, and the thing not. is, you'd think that because we're a hunting culture that we could just go and hunt the food we need to eat, right? But the thing is, the government took away our tools. They took away the sled dogs. They took away, um, they took away the kayaks. They sliced them up, and so um, and then in the eighties, on top of all that violent colonization, there was a sealskin ban um, in America and in the U.S. Uh, in the in America and the European and. Mm in mm. the European countries, mm. the EU. Mm. And so um, that had a devastating effect on our men because that's how they would make money. That's how mm. they would feed their family. Mm. Once the ban, the sealskin ban started in the 80s when Paul McCartney and Pamela Anderson would say, oh, killing seals is evil, when in fact um, it's not evil and um, we are just trying to survive, mm. and uh, what difference is killing a seal for the fur than, let's say, wearing a leather jacket that mm. comes from a cow? Mm. And so um, so when the prices went down, suicide rates for Inuit men went up, mm. and um, that issue, or these issues, I understand very well, because I went to Inuit studies, I went to study indigenous studies uh, all in four years combined. And so um, to answer your question, um, the whole world seems to be against Inuit mm. in all sorts of ways. And that's when you're constantly being told, you know, you don't deserve um, the services the government gives you, racism systematic racism where they don't give us everything that we need to survive then you don't want to live because everybody's telling you you don't you're not worth it but what I'm what I am is I'm the antidote I'm the medicine I'm here to say yes you are worth it yes look at my drum yes look at me throat singing and singing in my language and not only that but in English because um, the universal language is in English and um, as much as I want to make all my songs in Inuktitut, 
I want to put English in it um, to translate some mm. of my music sure. so that everyone can understand. Mm. And I want Canadians to understand what message I'm trying to convey. Mm. And so uh, it, a lot of my songs, you'll notice, I have half in English and half in Inuktitut so that the Inuit who lost their language, they can relearn it through my music. Mm. Very nicely said once again. You know, uh, I know you're going to actually uh, uh, bless us with a song that you're going to do as well a little bit later on. And we're going to get to that soon uh, so people can hear it. But I, I want to say that, you know, you speak very well. And I believe that, I, you know, I was going to say that in your line of work and what you do, and I know you realize this from the way you present yourself and the way you, you, you speak, is that you understand that there's a responsibility that you have uh, as someone in, in the work that you do, that you have this responsibility and you, you certainly uh, uh, seem to really appreciate that opportunity that you're given and the responsibility you have as an artist representing your, your community and other indigenous people in, in what you do. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I understand my responsibility, and that being said, I'm going to the United Nations in New York for their meetings. There's, um, it's Indigenous Language of the Year mm. conference. Mm -hmm. I got invited by Carolyn Bennett. She invited me to go to New York, so I can be on the Canadian delegation team to voice Indigenous issues. I'm very proud of that. Uh -huh. I'm also going to be trying to be a part of Indigenize the Senate. And yeah, I'm constantly talking about what's happened to us. I'm constantly um, lobbying for Inuit. I'm constantly advocating for more um for more programs up in the Arctic, for example, I teach kids how to drum dance and throat sing through the Nunavut hit makers. Mm. I make tradition, new traditional songs in our language, in their dialect. I um, hold feasts, uh, talent shows, so that the community can all celebrate the fact that they have talented people in their community. Mm. Inuit are natural artists. We've always been singing and drumming in um, back then, mm. and for me, I lost uh, in my community. We lost the drum years ago. So mm. when I studied Inuit studies, I brought it back and I taught kids how to drum dance. Now every Christmas, um, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, that there will be, or you'll definitely expect to see someone drum dancing um, in my community now mm -hmm. and. I am trying to strengthen our people. I'm trying to share what I've been given and give it to others. Mm. Well, uh, congratulations once again. Uh, we wish you all the best with all that you're doing and good luck with the United Nations. We look forward to hearing more about that and see what comes out of it. So uh, all the best. When will that be happening, do you know? Yes, April 21st, I'll be flying down to New York. I'm very excited. Mm. I'm also bringing a young girl named Angel Lacasse mm. from Nunavik, mm -hmm. from a town called Inukjuak, which is right on the bay uh, next to my community. And so, yeah, I'm, we're very excited. We're going to be per, uh, representing our people, and we are strong speakers 
in Inuktitut, mm. and so I'm very happy with that. Now, you mentioned throat singing, and I have to ask you this because I've always been fascinated with throat singing and the difficulty. It, it, you know, I, I don't know how how you guys make it sound so easy, <laughs> but it, it's, it doesn't sound like something that's very easy to learn, first of all. Well, let me teach you. <laughs> yeah, so... So if you can kind of growl, gra- do a growl for me. Growl? like Growl. Rrr, rrr. Yeah, like you know, growl. Rrr, rrr. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's a good growl. Uh-huh. And then now I want you to go. Yeah, that's good. You're doing it. Yeah, but it, it doesn't sound like what you guys but it, like. But you're, you got the right idea. And so um, we Inuit, we love to share our culture. We love to share throat singing. I mm. love to show people how to do it. Mm. I used to be an Inuit cultural presenter. And so mm. I would go to all different schools and we'd do music class. And there, we'd, we'd meet like amazing vocalists from their schools in mm. music class. Mm. And then we'd teach them how to throat sing mm. and they'd nail it and it, was beautiful and <laughs> yeah. wonderful and one thing that when I do teach throat singing I just hope nobody goes out and tries to make money off that so I have to ask you before we address that issue because we'll yes. come back to that in a moment do you, how long has throat singing been around you know how did it get started so throat singing has an origin with Inuit the Tuvan um, with the monk, yeah, yeah, the Mongolian Tuvans. Okay. I've actually met some, mm. and um, it's estimated five thousand to two thousand years. It's been around. Wow. Um, we're not the only culture that throat sings. There's mm. the Ainu from Japan mm. that also does that, mm. and so, so yeah, I'm I'm a very proud um, person who knows how to do it a little bit. I'm not. Mm. Uh, I'm. I don't consider myself as an expert like some of my other friends, okay. but it's something that has recently um, been revitalized. It's like 20 years ago, uh, Inuit started saying, okay, we need to bring back our traditions with drum dancing and throat mm. singing because when the missionaries came, um, they banned uh, any kind of spiritual practices Inuit had. And so... Um, drum dancing and throat singing and traditional tattoos were were banned. And so Inuit wanted to bring it back. And so we've been bringing it back. And it's a very beautiful thing. It's in a lot of our music. Um, I love to collaborate with um, people, getting them to throat sing for my songs. And I'm actually inviting Sila and Rise to be on my Decolonized album to throat sing. Nice. Look forward to hearing more of that as well. So listen, there is this issue that you, you know, that, that we want to address a little bit. Um, you, you had brought forward um, uh, something uh, to another artist, another indigenous artist that, that had done some throat singing. Um, and you were saying that, uh, I guess that is inappropriate. It was appropriation of your Inuit throat singing? Yes. So, um, cult- so, Someone had um, appropriated my culture of throat singing. And the thing is, like, if you want to throat sing in your own home, in your car, listening to Tanya Tagak, that's fine. 
I don't mind. I can teach people how to throat sing. Mm. I don't mind. Mm. But once people go out and make money off something that we just started to relearn mm. and recreate, um, it's wrong because we're still alive. We're we're here. We we should be paid to do that work. So, I I have a question for you. So. In my own community, there was something that happened, okay? And I wanted to write a song about this, this thing that happened in the community. But I wasn't sure if I could because of the, of the, 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 the things that were involved, right, that had to do with culture and some traditional things that were, were in the song or that, that would have been used in the song, right? So that some of the, the wording, phrases, and, and ideas that would be talked about. What one so, thing I want you to understand is you can collaborate with people that have the right mm-hmm. to do that. So, so, so that's what I wanted to say. So what I did was I went to an elder and I said, look, I would like to do this. Can I do this? Is it appropriate for me to do it? And I asked permission. You know what I'm saying? I asked permission before I went ahead and did that and made sure it was okay to do. So if... if if someone were to go to your community and say, I'd like to do this, would that be different than what they no, have done? No, uh, we don't want other people to make money off something we can easily do ourselves. Um, someone could tell someone, oh, yeah, go ahead. Like, I don't care. But the thing is, um, what they should understand is we Inuit are suffering mm. economically. Mm. We are mm. in constant competition with each other mm. to get gigs. I mean, not that we're angry at each other. It's right. just mm-hmm. that's a, just the way it is. Mm. And so she, this artist did not get any, mm. um, sh- uh, whatever they're saying from the IMAs and from the artist herself, I do not want to name her, mm. um, they're lying about be- having those permissions because we actually... I actually know the person they're talking about, and she never said, yes, you can use these to go make money for your mm. own um, mm. for your own benefit. Mm. She never said that. Um, there is no Inuit representatives at the Indigenous Music Awards at all. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the issue was at the Indigenous Music Awards, they nominated an artist, and they didn't do any consultation with Inuit whether or not their Inuit are okay with mm. a fellow indigenous person mm. throat singing in their album, right. making money, mm. doing shows, putting it on their set list. Mm. We're not pan-indigenous. Throat singing is not a genre. And that's one thing I want to reiterate. And I'm not angry at the artist herself. I just want accountability. Mm. I just want some apologies. Mm. I understand the Indigenous Music Awards won't remove her nomination, Mm. possibly for legal reasons. Mm. And we've kind of gotten the gist that um, she probably won't be throat singing anymore. I'm not too sure about that. She hasn't um, put out a statement yet. But yeah, all we wanted was an apology. Mm. And we didn't get it. Mm. And... Um, this week, uh, last week, um, things spiraled, snowballed mm. into um, into things got 
pretty personal mm. um, in terms of the Indigenous Music Awards went on Facebook and the manager um, wrote some really, really terrible things about us Inuit mm. and us Inuit thought singers. The ones singers. that have boycotted? Yes, mm. they called us oppressors. And that, to me, is ridiculous because mm. I am a minority within a minority, so how can I oppress Mm. people and i understand lateral violence mm. i've i have uh, received a lot of it actually i right now people are probably commenting as we speak on what a horrible artist i am for boycotting the imas but mm. what they don't understand especially my own people is i'm i'm just trying to not dilute mm. throat singing i mm. don't want People to hear it and be like, "Oh, that's Inuit throat singing. That must be how it sounds." And it's right. not. Right. That's not how we sound. Right. We every throat song has a meaning. It's sacred. It's spiritual. I mm. feel mm. full of spirit when I throat sing, and I'll mm. be throat singing for you guys this, uh, uh, right after this uh, right. interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you say there's a signature to it as well in terms of the people that are performing it? So it's identifiable in terms of those yes. particular so, artists that are doing it. So the thing is, there's about five to ten very um, well-known thought songs. Mm. And so when someone like Tanya Tagak, who doesn't do traditional thought singing, which is two women thought mm. singing um, mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. they do it yep. one after the other. Uh-huh. Um, but when she th- when she does her thought singing, I can actually pick out which song is from where. Ah, and so when right. other people perform, mm. um, I can pinpoint on what mm. song I recognize. Yeah. And some some are new. So mm. I'm like, oh, mm. wow, that's something new right, I can right, put right. in the folder in my brain. <laughs> right. What about the drum? Is that, is it, would it be considered the same as throat singing in terms of, of using the drum? Yes. Um, actually, when I was, studying in indigenous studies, mm. I learned that there were um, non-indigenous, non-Inuit people that were actually showcasing uh, the drum at mm. a festival. And mm. I did not like that. And mm. I voiced my concern and um, they got really defensive. They mm. en- they stopped doing it, mm. but mm. but um, we're still alive. We're mm. still here. Like, mm. hire us, hire mm-hmm. us, hire us. We're... Mm. Um, we're just waiting to get that call. If you don't know anyone, ask an indigenous person. Ask. Go on chagevut.ca. We have uh, on that website, they're trying to make a performing arts center, so mm. you can go on that website and see the art artist directory. Mm. Okay. Um, so the, does the drum have a name? Is it called something? It's a traditional Inuit drum, but... In my language, it's called a chelauti. Chelauti? Chelauti. Chelauti. Yes, that's very good. I like the sound of that. That's very nice. Um, Chelauti. Oh, yeah. yeah, It rolls off very nicely. Yes, you say it very good. Very good inuktitut. (laughs) Koyanamik. Nakomik. Ilali. You're welcome. So um, I have to ask you. Kelly Fraser doesn't sound like a, a nook name either. So do you have your own, do you have an indigenous name that you're called? Um, the thing is, I was forced into a world um, that that's uh, not traditional. So mm. 
Um, so I have no choice but to make music, like pop music, rock music. Mm. And um, so my mother named me two other names. Um, only one is my legal name. Mm. And it's Khatuagainu, which is not in my ID. And then there's Amaoyak. Um, Amaoyak mm. is an ancient Inuit word for um, the trim of the parka. Okay, so yeah. the fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's mm. I'm the trim of the fur. <laughs> <laughs> I keep your face warm. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, I, I know we've gone over our time, but it's been wonderful speaking with you, so I didn't want to stop the conversation. Um, it's been great that you've been here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show with us today. Thank you so much, so, David. And, and I look forward to hearing the music you're going to bring uh, and share with us. Yes, I and just came from recording Decolonized Rhymes and my new rock song, Relentless. Okay, so was that, he, that was here in uh, Toronto? Then? Yes, ah. with Mark Marilinen. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing that, and uh, we will certainly be passing that along to our listeners once we know more about that and the release date and those kind of things. So uh, we look forward to hearing more of your music. We look uh, forward to sharing your music, and we look forward to sharing what you have going on in the future. So all the best, and for coming in and and doing this with us today, and all the best in the future. David. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll be uh, right back to with uh, with uh, uh, Kelly after this with her music. Whenever y'all ready, just Whenever let me know. This song is in my Juno-nominated album Sedna. I will be singing the chorus in English so that you can understand. Sikhinitu ulaku ululi malang amisunilu kakala pisutui biutsakami silangani I'm gonna kayak in the sea in the sea will you come with me it's so much fun in the sea in the sea will you come with me inui tikisi yui mahait vimi bisi mayui to me, pizza laurama. To me, the money, pizza mayumi. I'm gonna kayak in the sea. In the sea, will you come with me? It's so much fun in the sea. In the sea, will you come with me? Inui, nunangani, nunangani, okilta to me. Piu yungwa, mahait vimi, mahait vimi, jamani. I'm gonna kayak in the sea, in the sea, will you come with me? It's so much fun in the sea, in the sea, will you come with me? Api pongailu, uku hata niamiyaka, anakauti netaka, nirinamata ilaka. I'm gonna kayak in the sea. In the sea, will you come with me? It's so much fun in the sea. In the sea, will you come with me? In the sea, will you come with me? This is a song written by Selena Kalluk's grandfather. Selena Kalluk is a Inuk singer, throat singer, and 
she added throat singing to the song. So here is Si Bingwa. Si Bingwa Kuku Dasa Isungangwa Bidatui Du Akhero Mingwa Mi Nekhidalingwa Mi